0: Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. We're going to call this the travel edition, because (laughs) instead of talking mainly IndyCar, we're going to talk mainly about match travel troubles. No. In all seriousness, thank you everybody again for tuning in. There's no IndyCar this weekend, but be back next weekend to end the season on a really fun triple header note. A couple things to get to, silly season related and, and whatnot in a minute, but... As usual, on the IndyCar side of things, we start with something fun or off-topic, and Matt, you had yourself one hell of a trip for your little vacation.
1: Yeah, so for the second year in a row, my wife, parents, and I, we went to Virginia Beach to visit family, and there's one airport in Norfolk that uh, doesn't really take direct flights from Minneapolis. Uh I think the most frustrating part about the story is that when we did book our flights five or six months ago, it was originally set up as a direct flight to Norfolk, which is the only reason we booked that flight. It's like, wow, this doesn't happen very often. So we saw our family actually at a family wedding two weeks ago anyways, before we had this trip. And my aunt asked me, you know, like, hey, what time do you guys fly out on Sunday? So I know when to be there by and when I can leave by to go do errands and whatever. And I checked my Delta app and like, wait, hang on a second. It says we have a layover on our first flight now. Like, what the hell is this? So not only did it go from eight o'clock to like five 45 or something, meaning I had to like take time off of work or whatever to now make the first flight. Uh, we ended up going through Atlanta. And so on the flight out to Atlanta, it's like eight o'clock. We get like 30 minutes away from Atlanta, and we have to divert to Alabama because there is weather over the Atlanta airport. And when you're looking at the radar, Georgia is a pretty big state. The only storm in the state at that time was directly over Atlanta. So it's not like it was some huge (laughs) line of storms. It was literally one little bubble of storms over Atlanta on Wednesday. So we had to divert to Alabama, meaning we were going to miss our connecting flight. And so by the time we refueled and took off to Atlanta to finish the trip, uh, by time we got rebooked for our flight to Norfolk, it was 1 a.m. Our flight boarded at 7.45 a.m., and this is also, I think it's the biggest airport in America. It's up there. Yeah. So... It takes a while just to walk to places, and then from there, it was, like, a mile walk to the nearest hotel, and we didn't know, like, how many shuttles would there be at 1 a.m., so I'm like, you know what? Maybe let's not pay the $150 to stay in a hotel for four hours and then just have to wake up at, you know, 6 a.m. to get back through security or whatever. Like, let's maybe just sleep in the airport. Terrible decision. I think it was a no-win situation wherever we went because, like, spending $150 for that amount of time is not fun, but sleeping in an airport was abysmal i slept for maybe an hour and so we got our flight we got into town thankfully at like 10 a.m so i still had most of the day to enjoy i did pass out randomly at like five o'clock just because i was so (laughs) tired so we thought that was like you know we don't have too many travel stress stories but you know like oh man that sucks we at least got to enjoy the vacation so we get to sunday night we fly out to detroit at like 6:30 p.m. and you know five minutes before we, oh so that or no sorry so we actually got on the plane oh no and we were two minutes from taking off and we had to deplane because all flights were grounded in detroit because of a storm <laughs> uh and you know there's a massive ur- hurricane and just hoping everybody in the south is doing all right because that sounds you know terrible and you know, I'm sitting here complaining about my flights. It's pales in comparison to what's going on. But this is just me venting because I don't get to do that very often. Uh, and I just, we were so close. If the door had closed, we would have been in the air and we could have figured something out in the air. But because they're grounded, they won't allow flights to Detroit to take off at all. And then we're going to miss our connection to Minneapolis. So <laughs> the solution was to book a Monday morning flight for... 5:50 a.m and then connect to Minneapolis at like 9:30. so I'd like call my boss be like sorry I'm gonna be late again uh this you know vacation is ruining my work schedule I had to call my aunt she uh, uh thankfully allowed us to stay at her house again like not a problem for her part obviously she was super happy that we could come back and hang a little bit more so I got to steal more of her beer at least um uh, we eventually made it back but man two canceled flights on one trip was a tough pill to swallow we don't really have too many of these travel stories sammy and i have pure misery like this one but man
0: yeah usually i was glad to get home usually when i have travel trouble it's like one way like i when i went to iowa for the race you know when the one with when we had that crazy storm it took me almost 24 hours to get to, to iowa but you know on the way back it was it was okay like when you get hit both ways like that's impressively awful
1: yeah and we're not connecting flight people like we try to avoid at all cost. It's just getting to Norfolk and then getting back is like almost impossible to fly direct. so yeah, I think the solution here is David Lighting just needs to take us next year
0: yeah i I mean listen, he's the official PLP pilot and he's not really not done his job yet, so I think we're gonna have to have a talk with him on that one.
1: Yes, that is me venting about that. Before we get to the, there's not too much IndyCar news to discuss this week, but we wanted to expand on our thoughts and well wishes to the Miller family for the passing of Robin Miller. Uh, I know Mike had his pre-recorded message in the episode last week because the news came out after that we had recorded, so we wanted to make sure we acknowledged uh, the passing of Robin Miller. Uh, To me, I think the thing that stands out the most is his willingness to speak his mind, I think that the way he did it in a, an objectified and a respectful manner is something that we could all learn from. I think being able to speak your mind is a lost art. And I think for him to do that and to for me to see a fellow person in the media center the one time I got to see him in the media center because obviously he's like a million times cooler than me for me to see a guy like him speak his mind kind of set an example for how others should do it and how it's okay to do it. And yes, if you're irrational, there's going to be consequences, but if you can back up what you're saying, it's something that you should be able to do as a media member. So for me, that's what I'll take away. I only got to really be in the same kind of area as him once that was at Iowa 2019, uh he was talking with katie Hargrett and dave first and i think bruce martin uh they were actually updating each other about john andretti and how oh, yeah, yeah miller was like trying to call around to people to see if he could help in any way or see if he could assist john with any of the paperwork to get into the clinical trial he was trying to get into so that's where that's where his focus was at during the middle of a race weekend and what he wanted to update his friends about. So to me, that was really awesome to hear him kind of trying to do anything he could for his friend, John. So uh, that's really the only time I got to kind of listen to him talk in the same area as me. I didn't really get to say anything to him, but um, obviously hearing what he said to Mike was, was really awesome. So uh, he's obviously a huge loss for the paddock and uh, just thinking of his friends and family, it's, a tough loss for everybody, really.
0: I I don't know how I could have said anything better, so I'm just going to leave it at that. Job well done, and yeah, let's... let's well, what, do, what do we got left here?
1: Uh, well, we got Oval Watch.
0: Oval Watch. Okay, let's do it.
1: Jimmy Johnson has tested on an Oval, and he told Motorsport that he's in this for the long haul. So now uh, he's not only focusing on 2022 for IndyCar, but he's focused on 2023. He said... Per Marshall Pruitt, Joey Barnes, Racer Mag, quote, the overall experience has been awesome today. We learned a lot. I was able to get up to speed, put down some really fast times. Being at a track I've raced that in the past, i.e. NASCAR, I think was helpful. And the laps I ran today helped me piece together the similarities that exist between IndyCar and NASCAR, and there are certainly some differences that I was able to grasp today as well. Seeing his reaction on social media, seeing the quotes, got to be nothing but positive there, right?
0: Yeah. For sure, I'm I'm excited by it. I'm I'm glad everything seemingly went well with the test, and I'm I'm happy to welcome Jimmy here as as long as he wants. And I'm sure there'll be somebody who's you know, the social media, uh, social media keyboard warriors will will have fun with his comments. But I think he's really fun to have around the paddock, and and I'm sure with a little bit more time he'll be decently competitive and if he can keep bringing sponsors that are really excited to be an IndyCar like Carvana, Carvana I think it's awesome.
1: Yeah, I think it's only positive for the series. I don't see any negatives that come from this, you know, so long as as he can continue to show growth and you know, avoid any high-speed accidents. I think it's only going to be positive for IndyCar. So, I think this test is a good first sign. I think his the way he talks about the future is a good sign. I know Chip Ganassi's mantra is that he likes winners, but I can also imagine that Chip likes money and attention, <laughs> which he's getting plenty of. <laughs> so to me, as long as the checks keep clearing, this has to be really good for the team as a whole because he gets a lot of attention at the track on a race weekend, uh, which I'll
0: S- oh, go ahead. Sorry, I, this is slightly off topic, so I'll, I'll wait if you wanted to wrap up your point. Nah. Okay do you think so obviously jimmy johnson attracts a lot of attention do you think that helps guys guys like alex polo and marcus erickson who maybe have a little bit less media attention this year than maybe in the in you know, erickson last year because obviously polo wasn't on ganassi but he draws some of that attention away from them and and they're able to you know mentally prepare for a race a little bit better than they would have previously or am i just making up? BS because I thought of something real quick.
1: I don't want to phrase it quite like that, but I don't know if it necessarily helps them because for me, if I was a guy like Alex Pillow, who I I went through and kind of documented where everybody's at on like twi- Twitter followers as far as where they're at, which is not the end-all be-all of someone's popularity. Of course it is. Okay. Because we know Santino has a lot of fans, whether you like to admit it or not. He does have a lot of fans, but he only has 10,000 followers on Twitter. And then I think the next highest was Pillow at 20,000 versus Erickson's got 300-some thousand. Obviously, a lot of that's probably coming from Formula One. Uh, TK's got 300-some thousand. Dixon leads the most. Dixon's up there for most with just the genuine IndyCar-only kind of guys. Like he and Newgarden are up there. Rossi's up there. Hinch Hinch might be the leading and they're all in the 100 to 120,000 range. Jimmy has 1.1, 1. 1. Montoya has an insane amount, like 1.5, I think. Yeah. But then there's Polo who has 20,000. So for me, if I was Polo, I'd want as much attention as I could get because that's just going to help the brand and obviously his championship effort is definitely helping the brand, but anything to increase your growth on social media is is positive. So I think if I was Polo, I'd want as much attention as possible. Alrighty. Do you disagree?
0: No, I, I, I agree. You, you raise valid points. I was thinking race, like ability to focus on, on race day because everybody still wants to bug Jimmy and Alex. I saw, I mean, where, where was I at the last race? Gateway. gateway yeah. And Alex was able to kind of slip by some people cause people were talking to somebody else. But again, it could just be me reading into things cause there's not much too, too much going on this week
1: yeah well where do you weigh in because obviously you were told something at gateway about leader circle (laughs) it is like this like never-ending debate between media members in the public eye so like you know with tweets and whatever because you know we had i had tweeted a thing about where everybody's at with leader circle and i had someone case come back or tweeted us saying like you know, hey, Kevin Lee and Kirk Havin said otherwise in their podcast. It's like, all right, well, we were expressly told this last weekend. So I mean like sure that it's like seems like everybody's getting a different answer. Um you know, I'm not calling Kevin Lee a liar, sure. obviously, because he probably has, you know, a lot of, of information coming his way too that's where he got that information from. So I don't think he just made it up. So what is your <laughs> i think it was what nathan brown had an article about it because how it's complicated apparently you can only get three leader circles worth of money which is news to me
0: yeah that was an old rule i don't know if you know because andretti's grandfathered in i don't know if maybe that rule went away The the toughest part is that
1: lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky
0: lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office
1: Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff
0: for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. If you go to IndyCar for a direct quote, they pretty much say what, what Nathan Brown said is, oh, the leader circle is designed for blah, 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 blah. Where do I stand on it right now? I stand on exactly what I said before. I'm, listen, I was told what I said, what did I say last week or the week before? It was somewhat recently. Which is exactly also what Marshall Pruitt was told, and a couple other guys that I've talked to were told. But if you talk to six other different media guys, you're going to hear six different answers, and it's it is very confusing, and it's it's a little annoying. It's it's not annoying; it's frustrating because you could have seven different opinions, and maybe part of all seven of our opinions are right. So, I'm I, I you know listen. I'm until until I'm proven wrong, and if I am proven wrong. It's not going to be the first time, and definitely won't be the last time. It it is what it is, and I'm sticking to what I was expressly told by multiple people. I think I was in Indy when I was told, or in Nashville. I don't remember. It was it was in August.
1: Yeah, I guess for me, I guess I just don't understand why it's a big secret. Like we could just have one statement right. or one clarification right. or whatever to just end all discussion, and then we could just. Happily move on with our lives. Like they don't but need to
0: tell us what the exact prize you know, prize money is or or whatnot. That's that's totally fine. But just a little more definition would would probably would help us out a little bit.
1: Yeah. So that was something that came up. Grosjean to Andretti twenty twenty two to replace Ryan Hunter Ray has been all but confirmed by Marshall Pruitt of Racer. Yes. <laughs> but Nathan Brown says it's not quite there yet. Which don't read too much into that. It's just Nathan reporting on what he has. It's not like he hates Marshall Pruitt or anything. I I saw some. I saw some takes on that that Nathan Brown hates Marshall Pruitt. It's like nope, nope, nope. He's he's just going with the info he's got. Yeah, Marshall may have different info. So
0: we're all doing here. And for what it's worth, I've been told definitively that. Not only will he be with Andretti next year, he already has pl- tests planned for Sebring in October, so I'll I'll throw my hat into this ring here with this.
1: Is this going to be one of the better off-se- off-season signings, or is this going to be something we look back on and say, wow, the warning signs were there with Andretti, maybe he shouldn't have done that?
0: You know, I I would have said what you just said last week until you and Shannon convinced me otherwise, that... Andretti is, is still big enough of an organization and still has enough engineering strength that it's it's something you have to go for. He'll have Colton Hurd and Alex Rossi to lean on from a learning ovals perspective if he wants to keep doing ovals, which it sounds like he does, and his current engineer, Olivier Bosson says he wants to do ovals, so I guess that's good, but I don't see how you would pass up an opportunity like this.
1: Yes, I remember that. I was ridiculed for my reference of comparing Dale Coyne to McDonald's and
0: Yeah, that was a terrible Andretti autosport to what Texas what for what to what how that was an awful, awful, awful reference. How? It's terrible. Shannon was right on that one.
1: I think you're just mean.
0: I mean I'm I'm not happy. calling
1: Shannon wrong. I'm calling you wrong.
0: I listen, I've been told that a lot lately, so I think we're just <laughs> <laughs> gonna rock and roll with that one.
1: I think it's a great opportunity and I think Given how much he has outpaced his expectations at yes. a Coin this year, it should only be a positive relationship. I, also I wonder how long I wonder how long he's going to try to stick out this IndyCar Car thing. If he wants to do this for the rest of his career, if he's just doing it for a couple of years and then going to WEC, or I don't know what his intentions are, but we got to enjoy him while we got him for sure.
0: Yeah, I don't know what his intentions are, but the dude loves to work hard and 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 you know he gives it a hundred percent whether it's a test or a race. So. That's what you like to see, and and that's what you want to see with with guys moving forward. So, I'm all for it, and I'm excited. Whether it's you know, just a couple of years, or maybe he gets six, seven, eight years out of this, because I know he's older, but he's not. I don't think he's above forty. I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up while you if, if while you bring up your your next point. If you have anything else,
1: who's up, who's above forty? Grosjean. I think he's
0: thirty-eight.
1: Thirty-five. Wow, he's got plenty of good years. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I was I actually thought he was a little bit older than that, so I thought he was yes. my age. <laughs> <laughs> Not that old. I'll make some, I'll make fun of myself once in a while. I'm
1: trying to look here, see if I've missed anything. It's kind of a slow week. Definitely didn't wanna have an episode though without saying hi to everybody at home and thanks for listening. Um uh, yeah, it's been basically just kinda of was headlined the whole year, which is Jimmy and Roman, oh, Miles Rowe won a race. Yes, congrats for Force Indy in the F2000 series at New Jersey. So congrats to him. I saw the onboard video of his last lap pass, and that was pretty epic at a track where you can't really pass that well. So that's awesome. So congrats to him and the whole team over there. Honestly, I think that might yeah, be it.
0: That's that's it. Congrats to Miles. That that track is really hard to pass on. I was. I was going to go, but I, from being on the road for the last month, I was just a little burnt out, so I, I took a weekend off, and I'll be back in Portland and Laguna. So, yeah, I don't think we have too much else, guys. There is an F one race this weekend, so tune in, be tweeting that as, as much as I can, and if you're in Indy, I'll be coming out this weekend to hang out and watch uh, watch our team pit lane member. Mr. Gruenholz, uh, karting on Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening, so I'll be out at Newcastle. And, Dash dig. Yes, I'll be out and about doing some other things Saturday and Sunday and probably Monday morning before I fly back Monday evening. So, yeah, if you're out that way, shoot me a message, and I'll try to say hello if I can. But F1 is this weekend at Zandvoort, so tune in. It's Sunday morning. And everybody have a lovely weekend of racing.